part wasn't actually true. She was wild about the Williams, Shakespeare and Faulkner, neither of whom I could muster much enthusiasm for. She was an English professor and a well-reviewed novelist. I was her student when we began dating, though I'm a little ashamed to admit this to you. She had high cheekbones and perfect prose, and when she continued to show up at my door, I invited her in because I didn't understand how hurtful it could be to say yes just because you weren't sure how to say no. I laughed. She's fine, but you're not. We need to get you home soon. Nah, said Aiden, another one of Rob's groomsmen. It's bad luck if he doesn't puke. I eyed Aiden's left hand. His ring finger was bare. You ever been married? Nah, he said again. Not for me, but I've been to a lot of bachelor parties. Not for me. I said that once, said Rob, wobbling a bit. But look at me now. I was looking at him, and beneath the fluorescent bar lighting, it appeared he would soon be lucky all over himself. How about some food? I asked. A burger, maybe? Some fries? Fries sounds like just the thing. He threw his arm around my neck. You're a good friend, James. The best, even. Way better than a brother. Thanks, man. You too. It was true, even if it was a shame that it took alcohol to get us to confess such things. Eating gave Rob a second wind which led to more celebrating, and we didn't make it back to his parents' house for more than two hours. The back door was open, just as it always was. I managed to get Rob down the stairs into the basement, where I deposited him on the worn leather couch where he'd slept more often than his own bed during high school. He passed out as soon as his head hit the cushion. I left his shoes on and located a bucket in the laundry room, which I placed on the ground beside the sofa. I tiptoed back up the stairs, hoping that I had not woken up Rob's parents or Lou, who I assumed was asleep in the guest bedroom. I just reached for the doorknob when I heard someone say, Hey, Jim! Christ on a cracker! I yelled, jumping straight up like a spooked cat. As I looked over the kitchen island, Lou came into focus. It's cheeses to you, she deadpanned from the recliner in the corner of the living room. I laughed, even though I was cringing inside. Against my better judgment, I had been looking forward to seeing her yet I was bone-tired and presumably splattered with Rob's vomit, even after the fries, or maybe because of them, he had bent over and spewed on the sidewalk next to me on the way home. My looking forward involved more alert, sanitary conditions. In the nine months since I'd seen Lou and Rob in New York, I'd completed my master's program and had been hired as an adjunct writing instructor at the university I had attended. The position didn't pay much, but it kept me mentally and logistically occupied, which in turn kept me from spending too much time ruining Rob's poetic waxings about Lou. In the evenings, I had started writing a dystopian novel that I hoped would put me on the literary map, or at the very least, land me an agent and a minor sale to a major publisher. My thoughts of Lou swung from frequent to sporadic, but every time I was doing better, Rob would call to tell me about some clever thing she had done, or I'd see some knockoff version of her walking around campus, and I would read a poem and find myself wondering what Lou was reading and whether her own work was any good, and I would resume acting like a man who has been lobotomized. During these periods, I had to shove so many questions and conflicting thoughts onto the cluttered shelves of my conscience. How could I occupy dozens of hours thinking about someone with whom I had actually only spent two days total and in the company of her fiancé who happened to be my closest friend? And now there she was wearing an oversized t-shirt and a pair of footless tights, exhausted and weary, and every bit as beautiful as I had remembered her. As I met her gaze, still neither of us smiling, my mind flooded with nonsense, 
What did she look like sleeping? Were her eyelids light lavender or the palest seashell pink? Did she leave her hair in a pile on top of her head while she slept, or did it float around her like seaweed in a shallow pond? Sorry, I said sheepishly. Hi, were you there the whole time? She rose from the recliner and walked over to the kitchen island. Hi, yourself. I just came downstairs. How bad is he? Fine, I said, walking into the kitchen. Well, not really, but fortunately the wedding isn't tomorrow. She rested her elbows on the counter and cracked a smile. Well, there's that, at least. I shifted from one foot to the other. How are you, Lou? Great, she said, but her eyes flashed with something. Doubt? Uncertainty? I glanced around. There was the floral wallpaper bleeding from the kitchen into the dining room. The hunter green...